Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet in the universe. It doesn't matter. Welcome to episode 26. Giants are coming off a bye week. Very uneventful one at that. So going to be mixing things up a little bit. And we're going to do a little tier list here of the Giants players and coaching staff and kind of rank them based on how I think they've been playing the season. Put that out of the way. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's going to be sick. Can y'all believe we're this deep into the NFL season? Like, I know me personally, I was very shocked to see the Giants were already playing their week 14 game. With that in mind, we got to make every second count now. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks as new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. So get in on the on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, of course. Download the app now and use code 6sports. Again, that's code 6sports. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, again, with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Both that out of the way, like I said, Giants are coming off a bye week. There's... Not much really to talk about. I guess really the biggest story is that Tyrod Taylor is back coming off IR. Um, had that nasty rib injury against, I believe, the Jets. And since then, Tommy DeVito has stepped up, has looked good, has won every game he started, even though it's only like two. Um, as Honestly, Tommy DeVito has really impressed me this season. Uh, but now the question is, do you go with the more experienced guy with Tyrod or the guy that's been winning you games and Tommy DeVito, whether winning games at this point is a good thing or not, I don't care. Personally, I think regardless of whether or not the Giants care for winning games right now, you stick with the hot hand in Tommy DeVito. It would feel kind of disrespectful to bench him after the way he's been playing. He hasn't been like phenomenal or like franchise quarterback guy or anything, but for a UDFA out of Illinois, he's definitely impressed me. And I feel like he's impressed a lot of people. Uh, I remember last week there was a whole thing on Brian Dable, Wink Martindale. I'm not going to get too deep into that because really outside of Jake Laser, there haven't been too many reliable sources. I know some report came out and said that at this point, the Giants are just going to clean house outside of Brian Dable, which I not only would not like for the team, but that would make Brian Dable look really bad. But again, I don't know if I really believe all of that. Uh, nothing really happened like straight up this, uh, by week for the giants. Of course, it was a pretty good week for the NFL. Um, so instead of going over Packers giants week 14, I usually save that for Friday. Like I said, going to be doing that tier list, which I'm going to be pulling up on the screen right about now. Um, yeah. So as you can see, we have our tiers of Dexter Lawrence, because I really feel like no one is at Dexter Lawrence's level, A, B, C, D, and ass. The, like the ass is for the, the worst of the worst. Like there's no excuses. You are just playing like dog shit. Um, the order is random, randomized. I kind of wanted to do it offense, defense, but tier maker here is a little, was a little wonky with that. So up first we have a Dore Jackson and I didn't really like, I looked in everyone's stats and everything before I did this, but like coming up with the grades right now on the top of my head, like, 
I'm not going to be going too in-depth because this is just my personal ranking. So if you disagree, let me know in the comments below and maybe we can hash hash something out. Uh, Adore Jackson, I'm going to put in C. I feel like he's been fine. He's had a lot of good moments, but he's also had some really bad moments. But this is definitely his worst season as a Giant. He's not really doing as much as he would, whether it's in man and zone. I know a lot of the struggles can be brought back to how he was playing in the slot at the beginning of the season, which isn't a position he should really be playing. But even then, ever since being put back on the outside, he hasn't looked the same. He did have a very good game against the Patriots. I'll give him credit for that. But that's one game. Up next, we have Andrew Thomas, who I was kind of struggling of whether or not I wanted to put him on the list, period, because he's missed most of the season. So with that, I'm going to put him in B, not because of his play. If, if we're ranking this in play, he's in like Dexter Lawrence tier. Like he's still a top tackle in the NFL, but he's missed a good chunk of the season. He, I'm not going to say he hasn't looked the same, but he, he hasn't looked like the best tackle in football like he did last season. He still looked like a top five one, but not that like upper echelon of like, yeah, I'm that fucking guy. Um, I, not much really else to say. I wish we could, we could have really seen him more. It's just unfortunate with how many injuries. And now apparently, I think I mentioned in the last week's episode, the MCL sprain that he had, which I really kind of want the Giants to just shut him down. There's no point in risking injury at this point. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But with that B, if he had played the whole season, he'd be in that Dexter Lawrence tier. Now we have Ashawn Robinson, who I kind of want to put in D, but at the same time, it's hard to really judge his play because he's been coming off the bench, not for the first time in see all, you know, his career, but for the majority of the season. But even then, he hasn't really done much when on the field. And I'm not going to say he was really expected to do a whole lot. He was going to be like a good depth guy, and he's kind of has been exactly that. But at the same time, he was really good last year. So I'm going to put him in D for now, depending on what other guys I end up putting in D. I could very easily move him up or down. So we'll, we'll end up seeing Aziz Ojolari is going straight into D. He's very lucky. I'm not putting him in the ass category. <laughs> Aziz Ojolari has done nothing all season long. I, lo- I love Aziz. He's a great guy. He has shown so many, so much potential in seasons past emphasis on in seasons past. Cause this year he hasn't been doing much of anything. He's really struggled to, Again, do anything like there's no production when on the field, and then not to mention he's had another inj- a season in which he's been injured for the most part. It's really hard for me to have much faith, I guess, because it's not like last season where Aziz, I believe, he only played seven games and had five and a half sacks. So the games weren't there, but the production was. Now the games aren't there, and neither is the production. So if he's going to consistently be injured. How much faith can you put in that guy, especially when there's some pretty damn good edge rushers throughout really the entirety of this draft, not just in the first round. Uh, So D for sure. Up next, we have Ben Bredesen, I believe. Yeah, 68. Yeah, that's Ben Bredesen. Um, He's going right into C, which is basically where I would have predicted him to be at the beginning of the season. Hasn't been too bad. Hasn't been too good. Has really just been solid for the Giants. He had some moments early in the season where he looked really good, then got hurt and has been like, in and out of the lineup is the way the giants have handled him has been really weird. Like they started Justin Pugh over him, which I'm going to get into it. Uh, I, he should, Justin Pugh never should have started over Ben Bredesen. It's been interesting for, I think like a fourth round pick with the Ravens. He's turned into a fine player for the giants. Someone I definitely want them to keep next season. If they can't really get any other guard depth. Um, 
nothing else really to say. Our first uh, participant in the ass section is going to be Bobby McCain here. Not that he had many expectations going into the season, but he's kind of been fucking terrible. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He, it's not like he's a, he was brought in to be like a run stopper, not, not Julian love ask because he's, he, I mean, I won't say he was never as good as Julian love. Bobby McCain used to be really good, but to be that run stopping safety and potentially the giant starter, because we didn't really know what we'd be getting out of Dane Belton or Jason Pinnock. So Bobby McCain was kind of brought in as that like solid and consistent veteran that like, he's not going to blow you away, but he's going to be a really consistent guy. And he's been anything but that he's barely seen the field. I actually think he's hurt, but even when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't doing shit. So speaking of shit, he's in the ass section. Bobby O'Karake is going to be the first guy in our a section on the complete opposite side of the spectrum has had an arguably all pro season, undoubtedly pro bowl um, has looked phenomenal in coverage uh, against the run, brushing the passer, you name it. He's been great. He's well over like 115 tackles at this point, career high in interceptions. Some of the best like PFF pass coverage grades he's ever had. He's, he's been great. <laughs> like the giants have been without one solid linebacker for years and I'm going to get into it with Mike and McFadden. Now they have two in the matter of one off season, the best signing of Joe Shane's career thus far by a mile. I mean, he's only been here for two years and hasn't had much cap space, but still he could have gone out and spent a shit ton of money on Tremaine Edmonds or TJ Edwards. And not saying those guys aren't good, but compared to how much they're making uh, next to Bobby Okereke, I'm taking Okereke every single time. Uh, next, I think this is, gonna, this is gonna be our next entry into the ass section. Unfortunately, is uh, Boogie Basham. Carlos Basham hasn't really done shit this year. Um, I, I, I'm not saying the Giants had many expectations. I think he was traded for like a seventh round pick, sixth round pick, something like that. I kind of had high hopes that he could be a solid, like you know, if Aziz Ojolari gets hurt, he can step up and make a difference for the team, and he has not done that at all. Actually, you know what? I'm going to make a change here. Just seeing this is bothering me. Andrew Thomas is going up into A. I don't care that he's missed games, dude. He It's still Andrew Thomas. That, looking at that just bothers me, seeing Thomas so low. Um, yeah, Carlos Basham was brought in to be a depth guy. Hasn't been a depth guy. He hasn't done anything. When he's on the field, I don't even notice. He, I doubt the Giants bring him back next year. Really simple as that. And then we have Cordell Flott, who I'm going to put in C. Based off of his play, based off his potential, I was going to put him in B, but I can't really say that he's been better as a player than Bredesen or Adore this season. Cordell Flott has had a lot of flashes. He's had a lot of bad moments, but those flashes really make me think that he could be a starting quarter for the Giants someday, which for a third round pick out of, I don't remember what college he went to, I think LSU, um, he's been great. Like he's been a very solid guy for the Giants, very like tall, but scrawny type build on the outside, which is very like an always 50, 50 kind of player of they're either going to be great or they're going to be really bad. Cause it all depends on how they manage their size and speed. Uh, he's been solid. Like there's not really much else to say. Uh, I really hope that he ends up that he continues to progress and kind of become a, a staple of the Giants defense alongside uh, Deontay banks. Speaking of secondary though, uh, Dane Belton, who I want, I really, I think I'm going to put him in ass. I think I'm going to put him in the ass section. Dane Belton has just not been good, like plain and simple. And I had I had high hopes. If you read any of my stuff at G-Men HQ, I was really raving on how Dane Belton was going to be 
the Giants starting safety of the season. He's a great, he's great in coverage. He isn't good against a run, but when you're that good in coverage, it makes up for it. And he has been anything but. He's been really bad on just both ends of the ball. He he just there's nothing, nothing else to it. Like he he it was one thing last year when he was bad uh, against the run because he was really good in coverage. I don't care what PFF says. Watching tape, he was great in coverage. He was very helpful when uh, Xavier McKinney went out with the, the broken hand in the ATV incident, whatever. This season, he hasn't been good, period. Doesn't matter what aspect of football we're talking about, which is why he's going to be an ass. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the Giants here, Daniel Bellinger. I'm going to put him in C just because D feels disrespectful. Uh, because his stats might not be crazy, but you have to remember for at least the first half of the season, he was playing behind Darren Waller and the giants offense. You can't really judge anyone on the offense based off of their stats because everything has just gone to shit, whether it's quarterback play, offensive line, play calling, whatever you want to name it. It's been really bad, but regardless, (coughs) excuse me. When, He's been on the field. He's been consistently good for the Giants, whether it's as a pass catcher or or a blocker. That's where he's really shined this season. I know there are a couple of clips of like him kind of getting toasted, but like against the Niners, where the Giants set him to block Nick Bosa. That's not any that has nothing to do with Daniel Bellinger's abilities as a blocker. That's just on the Giants for thinking that any tight end can block Nick Bosa or any edge rusher, period. Um so it's really it's tough. Realistically, if we're looking at stats, you'd put him in D. But I really think Daniel Bellinger offers a lot to this Giants team that just hasn't really been seen because of how bad the offense has been. So I'm gonna I'm gonna t- give him the benefit of the doubt, put him at C, simply because of how much value he brings as a blocker. Speaking of Daniel, D is for Daniel because Daniel Jones has not been good this season. I don't care. Like you can blame receivers. You can blame the line. You can blame the coaching. I don't care. Watching film and really like watching, not just going, Oh, look, there's film. Look at him get sacked here. Watching film. Daniel Jones has been terrible. He's not reading the field in time. He's not hitting wide open targets. Even when he has time to throw, he's missing easy passes. He hasn't been good. I'm not even going to mention stats because I don't care about stats. I care about what these two things here, my eyes behind my glasses can see. And what I'm seeing when I watch when I go back and watch this film are a lot of missed throws in big time opportunities. And that's on Daniel Jones. And he's kind of lucky. I didn't put him in ass. I wouldn't go that far because I still do think that there's a time in place where Daniel Jones is still a starting quarterback, whether it's for the giants or not. I still think that he's a, an average quarterback in this league. It's just the fact that this season has not been too kind for him. Up next, we have Darius Slayton, who's going to go and see. I'd like to put him higher, but he just, no one, no, no receiver has done much. Like it goes back into how it's really hard for me to like talk about stats when with pass cut catchers like Daniel Bellinger, because regardless of the talent that Darius Slayton has shown and Daniel Bellinger has shown in the past, it's not being utilized because of how bad the offense is. And I think Darius Slayton is still the Giants leading receiver on the season, which isn't surprising. I think he has been the last like four or five years, which is why he earned that extension. Um, But really, he's just, 
he's fine. He's been a fine player really since he was drafted. I feel like last season I'd still even put him in C. I'd probably move him up to like B, but like the last, like if, if we were ranking them in order, like none of this is in order, by the way. So like, don't think that like Slayton is that much worse than uh, Cordell Flott or whatever. Like this is just in that tier. Um, I'd probably put Slayton like high C, low B just based off his play. Cause like, he's a guy, he's an average receiver. He doesn't do anything bad, too bad. He doesn't do anything too great. Uh, yeah, and our next participant in the ass section. No, do I want to put Darnay in ass? He has been good on special teams. He has been good on special teams, but he's been really bad in coverage for like two two or three years now. Why am I struggling over Darnay Holmes? I'm putting him in ass. Uh, only because Darnay had a lot of expectations after that crazy training camp he had. I think it was last season where he was like picking off Daniel Jones every play. Um, and then came into that season, completely stunk it up, almost cost the Giants a couple of games and was even getting like, has been getting DNPs a lot this season. Like he has not been playing much at all, but I will say he's been good, uh, on special teams. He made a couple nice plays against the Patriots. He's a great tackler. Like Darnay Holmes, if there's one thing I can say, he, the only above average thing for him as a corner is his ability as a tackler which is is a good thing. That's a positive to have because there are a lot of corners that cannot tackle, like Cordell Flott. Cordell Flott's been better, but like coming out of college, he couldn't tackle, you know? And that's why like Darnay was getting, or yeah, Darnay was getting more snaps than him at times, you know? So maybe again, like kind of with what I was talking about with uh, uh, Ashawn Robinson, I'll move him up or down depending on who else goes in this tier. But for now, Darnay, your ass. Darren Waller, I'm going to put into B because he's been good. People have been like calling the trade like bad and whatnot, which like I, I don't understand because when he was healthy and when the Giants decided, you know, to actually throw to him, he looked really fucking good. The only problem is, is that he's no longer healthy. Giants offense has gone to shit, but for what they got, you know, a third and sixth round pick, whatever for him, he's been really good. He just needs to be healthy, which was the issue with the trade. So if like someone wants to argue with me for putting him in B and knock him down to C because of health, I wouldn't argue with that. Like I would, I'd be like, yeah, like I could see him putting in C, but based on the on-field production and how much he really did change things for the giants when healthy, it's kind of hard for me to put him anywhere other than B. Um, yeah. Now we have Mr. Deontay Banks definitely going in B has been a Big game changer for the Giants. He did have those three to four weeks where he struggled, but really before and after that, he's been great. Had another good game against the Patriots, got a second interception of his career. Has really been one of the best defensive rookies in his class, let alone like first round corners, first right, you know, whatever positionary things you want to go with. He's been incredible. And I'm very excited to see where he goes. He definitely looks like he's going to carve out a career as at least a good corner, let alone the fact that he could very well turn into a pro bowl or higher kind of guy. And then next Dexter Lawrence. What a shocker. He's going in the Dexter Lawrence tier. Uh, he's been the most dominant defensive tackle in the NFL. He's been one of the most, if not dominant defensive players, period. He's been one of the most dominant players, period. Dexter Lawrence is in a league of his own, which is why he has his own tier on this team because no one comes close to him. Like he has been incredible and I am so glad he turned out this way because I was very worried about him his first like two or three years. Not that he was going to be bad because he was never bad, but like 
he had three his first three years of being like a barely above average defensive tackle and then really stepped it up once Wink Martindale came in. Eric Gray, I still believe in him. There's no way I can put him anywhere other than ass, whether it's as a kick returner, punt returner, runner, he has failed. And I will say a lot of it is on the Giants for forcing him into, into being a punt returner, something he's never done before. He never has never really gotten opportunities to be a runner outside of the Miami game. And even then, he didn't look that great outside of that 120 yard run he had where that eventually got called back. It just it's not looking too hot. I still believe in him, but he is a little older. I think he's like 23, 24, which isn't a great age for a rookie running back. And maybe he'll turn into something. I doubt it. And another ass is Evan Neal. He's been fucking terrible. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, but I I was wrong about Evan Neal. Very wrong. Very, very wrong. I thought Evan Neal was like a generational guy. A tackle had that ridiculous combination of size, speed, athleticism that you don't see from tackles. And he's been a fucking flop. A lot of it you can blame is on Bobby Johnson moving to right tackle, all that. Regardless, it's been two years now. He's shown no progression. He's done nothing. It has been bad, and he has to go and ass. Isaiah Hodgins, though, is going to go in D tier. A guy, a uh, Giants hero from late last season and in the playoffs, was a complete game changer, really, for the Giants during that time. But ever since then, has been completely quiet. Again, a lot of it has to do with the Giants' offense and how bad everything has been. But production-wise, he has to go in D. There's no other way around it. He did have his first touchdown of the season against the Patriots. Did have a good overall game. But the production has not been there from a season-long standpoint to go anywhere higher than D. Isaiah Simmons, I'm going to put in C tier because I really think if given more opportunities, he would be like a great linebacker this season, statistically speaking. Like, What's the word I'm thinking of? Like... uh projections like how ESPN has like the projections of like oh it's week four this player has done this much thus far so our calculations say he's going to do this looking at that Isaiah Simmons would probably be a great linebacker this season he's been great in coverage he's been really good as a pass rusher the Giants have been playing him at uh, off the edge a lot because of how bad his he's been and he's really been productive the only problem is he's not getting a lot of snaps he has had some questionable moments so like it's not too great it's not too bad the good moments are there though so I'm going to put him at C Jalen Hyatt is again, like he should be in B to A, like this tier here. But unfortunately for now, he's going to go C. Had a fucking fantastic game against the Patriots. Giants finally utilizing the way he should have been after 12, 13 weeks now. But again, like other guys that are kind of in this range, production has not been there all season long. And that's why he's only in C, you know, taken as a, Deep route guy out of Tennessee hasn't been using deep routes, hasn't been using short routes. He's proven a lot of the people wrong, including myself, that said that he wasn't really going to be much more than a deep route guy. He had a lot of nice intermediate yards against the Patriots, did the same against the Cardinals. Really, any game, any game where uh, Jalen Hyatt has been targeted a sustainable amount, he has shown up and made great plays, which is why I think it's a fucking crime that he only has like two or 300 yards on the season. Up next, we have Jason Pinnock, who I'm going to put, I want to put him in B. I really want to put him in B, but I'm going to, I'm going to put him in C. Maybe I'll move him at the end just because like for a seventh round or undrafted guy that the Giants picked up like at the end of last season, like off that alone, he should be in B. 
but he's been an average safety, which is good. That's a good thing. I was very worried about the giant safety situation after losing Julian Love and who would step up. And it's been Jason Panock. He's been great. He's made a lot of good plays against a run and in pass coverage. He's had some questionable moments, kind of like everyone here. We're like, yeah, they've all had great moments, but they've all had bad moments. Like it's hard for me to put him at B. If it's off his expectations, he's easily in that in that area. But for now, he's going to have to stick and see. Jihad Ward, I kind of wanted to give him like his own section because like him and Sterling Shepard, their own section, because they're guys that they don't play much, but like they are great energy guys. But Jihad Ward's going in D. <laughs> he hasn't done shit this year. He had a great game against the Patriots. I'll say that. But that's been it. He hasn't, again, hasn't done much. He's never asked to do much. He's not a guy that's going to step up and win you any games. But he's a great locker room guy. One of the like best energy guys really in the league, period. I really love what he brings to the team in the locker room and all that. Um, next, we have John Michael Schmitz, who, it's tough. He started off really well, then it's kind of fallen off. But, like, my thing with, with JMS, he's, like, if we're talking about other linemen, he has been better than Ben Bredesen, I will say. He, But the problem is, he. I don't know if he's been good enough to put in B. I'm going to put him in B. I'm going to put him in B. Because for a second-round rookie, he has been great. He's been the giant starting center. He has had some iffy moments, like coming back from injury. He has been a little questionable. But for the majority, he has looked really good. And I am very excited for the future because, you know, kind of like back going back to the linebackers, Giants haven't had a good a good center in a long time, like plain and simple. And hopefully he can be that. For now, I'll put him in B. Maybe I'll move him down. Now we have Justin Pugh, who I'm going to go go into D. I love Justin Pugh, straight off the couch, whatever. Great guy, another another locker room guy. But he really hasn't been that great. He hasn't been that great since signing with the Giants. I will say again, kind of goes back to not being utilized properly, like being forced to play left tackle in his first game in a year after being signed seven days ago, you know, put in a position he really shouldn't have been. But even then, since returning to guard, he's been fine. Not great. Uh, overall, I'd give him a D just because he hasn't even been here the whole season and all that. Uh, our next guy in the A category is going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of people were talking shit about Kayvon at the beginning of the year, calling him a bust after two games. You had that dumbass WFAN host talking shit. He's proven everyone wrong. He's top 10 in sacks. I believe he might even be like top six or seven, 11 sacks in the year, the most since uh, Leonard Williams at one year. He's been fucking fantastic. And it's only his second season. Only second season in the NFL. And he very well can make a Pro Bowl. I think he should make a Pro Bowl with how great he's been. Has he been like as consistent as I'd like him to be? No, but he's been great. Really? Like I'm, I'm very impressed I didn't think, I think he'd improve. I think he'd get like eight or nine sacks and not 11 through 13 weeks. Like that's, that's, that's really good period, let alone for a second year edge rusher, you know? So easy A for him. Mark Lewinsky is going to go and ass. I know he had that one or two really good weeks, but I'm not going to let two good weeks like overshadow the fact that despite barely fucking playing, he still allowed like, I think the top, like he's in top five for sacks allowed at his position beside, but you know, with the fact that he's barely fucking playing, like that's bad. He's been bad. I don't care about two good games. It's two seasons now of consistently being ass. I like Mark Lewinsky. Very disappointing signing. Not much else to say. Micah McFadden. I'm going to put an A because he, he, just because he's definitely been better than these guys. I feel like I should have made like a A minus B minus tier because like, 
these guys like this whole range here can very easily kind of be intermingled, like interchange. Like A can go to B, B can go to C, C can go to B, blah, blah, blah. But if we're judging off of like these three guys below, Micah McFadden deserves to be A. Fifth round guy out of, I believe, not Iowa. I don't know, like Mississippi State or some bullshit. I don't know. He went to a weird school, I feel like. Has been great, regardless. Uh, it was Arkansas. I'm, I'm like 75% sure it was Arkansas. He's been great, regardless. I, I, I don't care what college he went to. Um, At first, he was brought in to be like a pass rusher guy. He was fucking terrible his rookie year, and I was like very much out on him. You can call me out of my bullshit. I was saying in like the first or second episode that I didn't want him to start. I wanted uh, Darius, uh, Darian Beavers, giant legend to start right now. I don't even think Darian Beavers is on the team. I think he's on the practice squad, whatever. But Michael McFadden looked great. You can make the argument they should be in the Pro Bowl for his ex- expectations. Realistically, he should probably be in beef, but for his expectations and the fact that he proved me wrong, he's going in A, easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Nick McLeod here is going to go into D, and this isn't a bad thing. This isn't me saying that Nick McLeod has been bad. Nick McLeod had like little to no expectations. Another like I think seventh round UDF or UDFA guy signed by I believe the Bengals came with the Giants. Had a couple really good games last year and has had a couple really good games this year. He just hasn't been able really hasn't really been given the opportunities to really put it all on the field, which is why he's in D because realistically. I feel like he could be a C or no, he, he could be a C kind of player that range, but he just hasn't been given the opportunities. In uh, the ass section is Paris Campbell has been a complete bust of a draft of, of a signing. He's been really bad. He can't do anything short route, long route, medium route. He doesn't do anything. One of the worst yards after catch receivers in the NFL, nothing else to say other than that. I'm glad he's not going to be on the team next year. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, then we have, Rakeem Nunez Rochez, I kind of included like free agent signings that aren't really like relevant, but like guys I feel like should have been included. Um, D, I don't, there, there's nothing to say about Rakeem. He's been a good locker room guy. He's been an okay depth piece. There, there is no expectations, but like depth signing, you know, what else do you expect? Matt Breda also going to go see, he hasn't really, or D, he hasn't really impressed me this season. He hasn't done anything too crazy. I, I another guy where I really didn't have too high expectations, and I kind of wanted the Giants to draft a running back. They did obviously with Eric Gray, but I will say I did not want Eric Gray. Not that I didn't want Eric Gray as a prospect. I thought he was a pretty good prospect, but I had other guys in mind like Sean Tucker or like Sean uh, Tucker was really kind of the guy I really wanted out of uh, Syracuse. Um, this really pains me to say. Uh, I'm not gonna put him in ass because I'm I I I will let my morals go of properly ranking a player to save my emotional side. I'm putting Sterling Shepard. I ah, know he. Uh, I, I gotta do it. I gotta do it, and it has. It's so tough, man. I feel so bad. <laughs> Sterling Shepard has been my favorite, like probably my favorite Giants player since he was drafted. Really, he's just one of the best locker room guys I've ever seen for any team. He he's a great guy. And he should be a great player right now, but it's just so unfortunate that it's just injury after injury after injury. And it's unfair. <laughs> it sucks. Like I, you know, I really have high, I've always had high hopes for Shep, but at this point he's not seeing the field when he is, he's not being very productive. I hate to fucking say it. I really do, but he's going to have to go on ass Tommy Salami on the other hand. No, I'm kidding. He's going to go and he's going to go and see for his expectations of like this guy shouldn't even be on a fucking NFL field and he's out here balling out shitting on teams that 
are not very good, but winning games, which is something that not many people probably expected out of him. Shout out Tommy Salami, I guess. I hope his mother makes a makes his bed nice after this week. Hopefully the Giants come out with a win. Uh, Trey Hawkins, I'm going to put in D. Not many, too many expectations. He did have that crazy training camp, if you guys remember. But really, once the preseason started, it was kind of like, yeah, this guy's not as good as we thought. He's had some good moments, but overall hasn't been good enough for me to put him in the tier of like these guys who are all starting starting caliber players like i can't put trey hawkins there right now can't put any of these guys right here um tyrod taylor i'm also mm, i'm gonna put in c he's looked good when he's been on the field he's looked better than daniel jones when he's been on the field yeah he's had the benefit of the doubt of playing with andrew thomas and saquon something uh daniel jones didn't have all year but i will say even when he had them he didn't look good um I, it's gonna again goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show of how it's gonna be really interesting to see whether the Giants start Tommy or Tyrod. I personally think it should be Tommy, but we'll see. Wandell Robinson. Uh yeah, he's been better than everyone in D. I'd put him at C. He's a guy where I, I watch him, I keep watching him. I'm like, man, this guy would be so much better on another team. <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh, he would be so much better on another team. Like, it fucking pains me. Cause like I see this guy. Yeah, he, he's short, whatever. He's only really a slot guy, but he has so much dynamic ability in the open field. He's shown that he can even be like a consistent, like on the outside guy. And he just has not had the opportunity to show it. Last year, he had, he had the injury. Now he has fucking shit quarterbacks, shit offensive line. He's a guy who, again, should be a B or A player, but because of the situation is going to go and see. And then for our last player, we have Xavier McKinney who I did really want to put in A, but I'm going to put him in B because I really don't think he's been better than anyone in A. And I definitely don't. I definitely think he's been better in everyone than C than everyone in C. A very consistent player for the Giants has never really, aside from his second year, has never really had a season where it's like, yeah, this guy's a pro bowler, but he's never had a season where he's he's been bad. You know, I really do want the Giants to re-sign him because people can complain about the things he said in the locker room and whatnot. But at the end of the day, He's a very good player. He's a team captain. He's a leader. He does a lot of things for this team in pass coverage and against a run. He's really stepped it up against a run this year. I kind of want to maybe do a breakdown one day of how much he's improved because I it's pretty crazy. But overall, I think I'm pretty happy with this list. Maybe I'd move like Shep up one for pride reasons. Maybe I'd move JMS down. JMS down is really the only one I'm like, I really kind of want to do. But at the same time, like he's better than he's been better than every lineman below him by a reasonable amount. And he's been better than really most guys in this tier, aside from maybe Adore, but Adore hasn't been good enough for me to put him in B. Regardless, this is a tier. If you have any discretions or you know issues with it, let me know. And I'll probably honestly agree with you. Like, I can very easily move a lot of these guys around with no issue. Like, this is I feel like this is a pretty good, like, I don't want to say objective because nothing in football is really objective, but this is a good list, I feel like, you know, not too many outrageous things, but yeah, that's honestly probably going to be where I cut this episode off here. I'd love to talk more football, but there's nothing going on until the, until the Packers game. So in the next episode, look forward to more breakdowns of what to really expect on both sides of the ball for the Giants. With that being said, thank you so much for watching. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. 
yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate the the support the show has gotten. It's been a great time to have this platform. I say it all the time, but like I really truly am appreciative of it all. Thank you again, and I'll see y'all later. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast, Giant Central on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.